In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. And the songs of David the prophet and king, may his blessing be with us all. Amen. Praise is awaiting you, O God, in Zion, and to you the vow shall be performed. To you who hear prayer, to you all flesh will come. Hallelujah. A reading from the passage of the Gospel according to St. John. May his holy blessing be with us all. Amen. Now it was the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they will bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my Father. For which of these works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, and because you, being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, you are gods? If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, you are blasphemy because I said I am the Son of God? If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. And glory be to God forever. Amen. All right. So this is a very deep passage. Okay? And uh, it definitely has a lot to, to teach us. So we'll take a moment to reflect on this passage and try to learn what God is telling us, especially in the context of this feast, the Feast of the Cross. Like I told you today, is a, a wonderful occasion in which we're celebrating this feast. So we'll start in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Now, the passage here starts saying it was the Feast of Dedication, all right? So that kind of sets the context for everything that's going to happen, everything that Christ says, the dialogue between Christ and the Jews, and the way this whole message takes place, all right? But we got to wonder... If it really matters for this message to come to us on this specific day, okay, for the Jews, it took place on the Feast of Dedication. So we got to wonder whether his words carry a different weight or at least have a different sense of context to them, having been said on this specific day, or... Maybe it was just coincidence. Maybe it was just the time that he wanted to t- 
talk about this specific message, and it just so happened to be on the Feast of Dedication. All right? But I'm willing to bet that for every time we find a message in the Scriptures, every time we see an event or anything happening, and a Scripture tells us that this happened on this specific day, that it almost always presents a link or a reason for this message or this event to happen on that specific day. You know, it, it tells us that Christ was crucified on the day of Passover. Okay, is that just coincidence? Right, and a lot of times we see, especially in Luke, it tells us that it was the eighth day that he went up to Mount Tabor, and this is when we see the transfiguration. Okay, those are all little hidden indications. Right? And if I didn't know anything about why this specific message happens on this day, or why this event happens on this day, I'm still willing to bet it's for a reason. All right? So, we got to dig a little bit deeper so that we can come to understand what this message is all about and why it takes place on the Feast of Dedication. So the first question we got to ask is, what the Feast of Dedication is all about? Okay, And then once we understand what the Feast of Dedication is all about, we got to put that in the context of this specific celebration that we're celebrating today, which is the Feast of the Cross. Okay, so here we have a message that's delivered to the people on the Feast of Dedication. And the church chose this specific message that happens in this context, the Feast of Dedication, to be the message for our focus on the Feast of the Cross, which is the very first feast of the Coptic calendar. I don't know about you, but I'm willing to bet there's a reason behind this without even having to know a single thing about it. Okay, so... Before I go any farther, I want to take a moment to just mention a wonderful resource that helps all of us understand the context in all of the Jewish feasts. And anytime you see a Jewish feast mentioned in the scriptures, and you kind of don't know what that feast is all about, whether it's the Feast of Dedication, or the Feast of Booths, or and you're kind of like, what the heck is that? Okay, so a wonderful resource is this book here, Messiah in the Feasts of Israel. Okay, and it's by Sam Nadler. Okay, I love using opportunities in a sermon to throw in a little plug about a good resource, and this is a wonderful resource that you can use whenever you're trying to understand the context of all of these Jewish traditions and the feasts that happen and why Christ does certain things on this feast or that feast and the message that he gives us on certain days. Okay, so it's a good book for us to understand what that feast is really all about. So I'm going to take a moment to just explain to you what he says about the Feast of Dedication. And Sam Nadler is a a, a wonderful scholar. He's got a, a, a very solid foundation in his Jewish roots because he used to be a, a Jew and came to believe in Christ. And so his understanding of 
the Old Testament is is solid and in addition to that it it has its true colors come to life in Christ because of his belief in Christ. Okay, so it's a wonderful resource to explain what those feasts are really all about in the context of Christ, which is essentially what the whole testament old testament is all about. Alright, so with that being said, the Feast of Dedication is actually called the Feast of Lights or Hanukkah. And you've probably heard this many times before. You've heard that um, Jews celebrate Hanukkah. Literally, that word means dedication. Alright? And technically, it was the celebration when the, the Jews regained control of the temple. If you remember, in 165 BC, that the Syrian king took control of the temple, and then with the Maccabees revolt, they regained control of the temple, and whenever they finally got the temple back, they dedicated a feast to God. And it was an eight-day feast, and according to, to, to the tradition of the Talmud, that um, whenever they went to light the menorah at this time, which had only enough oil just for only one candle, um, they, they lit it, and miraculously, they were able to keep the, the menorah, which had um, eight or it had actually nine candles, but for that specific time, although it only had enough oil for one candle, it was able to last for the whole eight days. Okay, so it's an eight-day feast um, because some people say it kind of reflects this miracle, or it could also be just a reflection of the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles, which is um, to, to celebrate... The, the victory that God gave the Israelites after their wandering throughout the desert and they had no place to, to stay while they were traveling through the desert. So this place where uh, they kind of settled down and they had their, their booth or their tabernacles was a, a symbol of God's providence for them. Okay? So Sam Nadler says, Today, despite what some people think, the Feast of Dedication is more than a gift-giving alternative to Christmas. Hanukkah is a joyous holiday to be sure, but it's meant to celebrate the victory God gave our people through the heroic efforts of the Maccabean family. Okay, so that's essentially what I want to leave you with whenever you think of the Feast of Dedication. Remember, when the Syrian king took the temple from the Jews, they desecrated the temple. Okay, remember we spoke about this many times whenever we see the desolation, the abomination of desolation, which Daniel spoke about. It was in reference to what they did to the temple at that time. So this was a terrible event and it broke the hearts of the Jews. But after God gave them victory through the heroic efforts of the Maccabean family, they retrieved the temple and they finally were able to dedicate the temple back to God. Okay, so this feast is a feast of victory. 
the, the central theme of the whole feast is that God gave the people their temple back. Okay, and through his efforts, through his providence, he gave them this victory. Okay, so now we kind of understand what this day is all about. You can probably sense what the mood of the Jews is like. You can sense the spirit of the day because this is the context that this whole event or this whole message happens. Okay, so now we go to the words of Christ and try to understand what he says in that context, because context is everything. I'm not going to spend much time to validate that, but I'm sure you know what you say has different meanings at different times, in different places, the way you say it, the people you say it to, the context that you say, whatever message you have is so critical. Okay, so this is the context, the context of the victory that God gave his people. Okay, now let, let's look at what Christ says. What is it exactly that he say here? They're essentially asking him, tell us if you're the Messiah, right? They're asking him, are you the Christ? Are, are you the one that we're waiting for? Okay, then he responds and talks to them about having faith in him. Okay? And he says to believe in me, and even if you don't believe in me, at least believe for the sake of the works that testify of me. And this is when he goes to say that I and my father are one. Okay, so it's in this context that Christ talks to them about having faith in him. Okay, let's go back to Sam Nadler and let's see what he says about this. His words are, it was here in the context of Hanukkah, or the Feast of Dedication, that Yeshua, Jesus, taught that faith in Him is the victory. It was no coincidence that Yeshua, or Jesus, delivered this revealing truth about Himself at this time. John understood that Yeshua is the true deliverer of our people. The teacher that Messiah presents demonstrates that Yeshua his own redemptive work, ident- that Yeshua identified his own redemptive work with Hanukkah. Okay, so I'm going to read that last sentence one more time because that's really what I want to emphasize. He says, The teaching that Messiah represents demonstrates that Yeshua identified his own redemptive work with Hanukkah. So again, it was during this time that the feasts were that the Jews were celebrating the feast of dedication, which was the victory that God gave them after he rededicated the temple back to his people. Okay? So now Christ identifies himself with that very same redemptive work. Okay? So what does this imply for us? You know, what's the big deal about the temple being dedicated back to God and Christ now comes and tells His people to have faith in Him at this specific time whenever the people already associated this day with God's redemption, 
God's victory and the fact that He gave them the temple back. Okay? I'll share with you a few verses from the words of St. Paul. We'll jump around from 1 Corinthians and, and Romans and you'll see where this kind of all comes together. In 1 Corinthians 6.19, St. Paul says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God? You are not your own. Okay, so we are that temple. Okay, just keep that in the back of your mind. Hold on to that thought. We are the temple. And I'll try to add to that with another point and we'll put it all together. In Romans 12.1, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Okay, and we know that it's in the temple of God, in His church, that we offer our worship. And here St. Paul is telling us that we are that temple. Our body is that temple. And our worship is to present that body, to dedicate that body, and even to sacrifice that body to Him. This is the center of the victory that God gave us. He gave us victory through His cross by sacrificing, dedicating Himself to us. Right? The very heart of salvation, the very heart of God's redemptive work in His assuming human nature, taking on humanity and offering Himself up on the cross for our salvation. This is the heart of victory. This is why we celebrate this feast, the Feast of the Cross, on this specific day. And the church gives us this passage to link with the victory that God gave us. Alright, now, for us, if we're to apply this, we have to stop and say, what does this mean for me? How can I apply this concept to my life? And the simple answer is to simply say, that I also got to dedicate my body, my life, to God. Okay? And in as much as I do that, I participate in the victory that God gave humanity, which was the sacrifice of His body on the cross. That's what the Feast of the Cross is all about. Today is a joyful feast. Okay? That's why we pray in the Hosanna tune. Okay? We're, we're joyful. Okay? It's, it's a feast. It's, it's a day of victory. It's a day of celebration. And what we're celebrating is the sacrifice that God gave us. So for us to apply that, then we also have to offer our lives as a sacrifice as well. I remember a story where there was a group of lepers that were secluded in, in a city and a lot of people would try to go and visit them and try to minister to them. And every time they would have somebody come and visit them, they would kind of scoff at the people and say, we know that you're just coming to go through the formalities or whatever, try to be nice, and it's all nonsense, just go back to where you came from. You know, Nothing that you say or do is going to matter to us. Everybody just comes and tells us that God loves you, and the same message, blah, 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 we don't care. Okay. And that was pretty much the, 
the tone that all of these people had. Until one day a priest came along and he said, I want to visit these people. And everybody looked at the priest and said, we've all gone before. And we talked to them about God's love. We talked to them about his salvation. And we even go give them some gifts and stuff. And they don't care. And he kind of looked at him and said, I still just want to go and, and try to love those people. So they told him how to get there. And he went off on his way. He didn't take anything with him, just went by himself. And so as soon as he got there, they, of course, were anticipating the same sort of missionaries that they saw before. And they looked at him and just said the same stuff as they said before. And as they were trying to just brush him off, he just kept walking towards them and he said, Look, I'm not here to just give you empty words. I'm here because I love you. And of course, these people all had leprosy. So he went and embraced the first person that he saw. And this person, again, he has this very contagious disease and he hugged that person. And we know that for someone to hug another person with leprosy, I mean, it's almost like <laughs> you're asking for it, right? Like when we hear somebody has COVID, we're going to be like, <laughs> stay at home. Don't come near me with like a 10 foot pole. I, I don't even want you to talk to me with a 95 mask on. Nothing. Just stay home. Leave me alone. Don't come anywhere near me. Okay? But this guy, out of his love for those people, and you could call it reckless, call it whatever you want. But he knew these people were suffering because nobody cared about them. Nobody wanted to actually love them for real. But he was willing to sacrifice his body. This is the victory of the cross. This is what it means to follow in the footsteps of Christ and to be victorious with Christ is to love with sacrifice. It's to love with honesty, not just with words, but with actions just like this priest. All right, now let's take a closer look at the response that Christ actually gave the Jews at this time. Okay, they asked him, Are you the Messiah? Is this a person that we're going to be waiting for or whatever? And I want you to notice that he didn't actually say, yes, I'm the one who's here to save you and to liberate you from the Romans and the people that are persecuting you because to them, that's really all that mattered, right? They just wanted somebody to defeat the Romans so they could be free, just give them that quick fix or a temporary solution. Okay? But Christ doesn't tell them anything about that. He doesn't make a political statement doesn't say that he is going to defeat their enemies. He just says, believe in me. I and my father are one. And in as much as you believe in me, you have salvation and eternal life. So he just talks to them about salvation and eternal life and leaves it there. Okay. Now, if you're one of the Jews that's asking Christ, whether you're the Savior, whether you're the one that's going to, liberate them from their oppressors and their enemies. And he just says, just believe in me. <laughs> you know, I'm your salvation. I will give you eternal life. 
That's a bit inf- offensive. You're going to be like, what do you mean? But the Romans, <laughs> like these are the people that we got to take care of. But for Christ, he wasn't trying to just tailor to their, their limited vision and just give them a quick fix. He wanted to talk about salvation and eternal life, which is all that really matters. Here again, Sam Nadler says, Jesus himself personifies the message of Hanukkah, which is again the Feast of Dedication, that God is actively involved in the affairs of his people. We must have faith in what's revealed, not merely in what we think we need. God provides the eternal salvation that we truly need, not merely the temporary solutions that we desire. See, they wanted a quick fix, a temporary solution. Just get rid of the Romans. God is telling them, no, no, no. I'm here to give you salvation. I'm here to give you a relationship with me. I'm here to give you eternal life. That's what really matters. And we got to pause and ask ourselves whether that's really our priority. Sometimes we're in a little mess and all we want is a quick fix. All we want is somebody to handle this. Just solve this problem or that problem, but we forget about our ultimate goal. And our ultimate goal is life with God, is a true relationship with Him. Okay, so I know I'm tight on time now, but I will just leave you with one quick story and we'll conclude here. I remember while I I was in college, I met someone who didn't know God she was agnostic, was kind of just like on the fence. And I think some of you might recall that I shared this with you before, but in any case, it's a powerful story that, that really radiated with me. And I spoke to this girl about, about God and how, at least for me, He is my life and there's nothing more important than having that relationship with Him and she really cared to listen about what I had to say and little by little as we started to talk more and more and more, as the days passed by, she said, okay, I believe in Christ. This is, this is really what I want. I want to be with Him and I want to have a relationship with Him. So you can imagine, like as soon as she said that, I was like, yeah, like that's awesome. This is like the greatest joy to see that a, a, a lost sheep comes to recognize the shepherd and wants to have a relationship with God. So I, I remember um, I just spoke to her about um, taking some steps forward and so on. Then the very next day, the very next day, she called me and said, Key, I have some bad news. Um, they... Um, they suspect that I, I might have something, you know, when I went to the doctors. And I'm just like a little worried. But they're, they're going to do some testing and let me know um, what's going on. Okay. And so to me, I was like, oh my goodness, like that, this, this sounds bad. Like she called me like really, really worried. But I said, look, 
let's pray, I'm sure everything will be fine. And of course, she just met God, like she just finally dedicated herself to God and said, I truly believe in Him. So anyways, I prayed and she was praying. A few days later, she calls me. She's in tears. She tells me she got the results back. And before she even tells me what the results were, I was just blown away. I knew that it was going to be bad. And so she tells me she has cancer. And I'm like, devastated. Like, really, God? Like, this girl really, like, just barely started to believe in you and to dedicate her life to you. And maybe give her, like, a little boost, you know. You, you, you get her into the classes that she's trying to get into. You maybe get her a new job, like something nice. Cancer? I didn't know what to say. I was totally speechless. So I just listened, try to, you know, give her a shoulder to lean on. I said, we'll pray and just stayed in touch with her. The next day after that, I spoke to her, you know, and I just wanted to check up on her and make sure that she was staying on her feet. And she just shocked me. She said, you know what, Key? I think this is exactly what I needed. This was from God because God wanted to nudge me forward with a deeper dedication, you know, a wholehearted commitment to Him. And without this, I don't think I would have done it. So you can imagine my thoughts at this time. I was like, whoa, I did not see that coming. I thought this girl was like, I just started to believe in God. And, you know, this is what happens. Like, forget this whole God thing. I'm done. Forget it. It's nonsense. But... For me, I learned that God isn't so much concerned about giving us temporary solutions or a quick fix to our problems. And sometimes that means we struggle with conflicts, tribulations, we carry a cross for now, but ultimately it's to give us a deeper faith and a more intimate relationship with Him. And we got to ask ourselves if that's really what matters. We got to ask ourselves if our life is entirely dedicated to carry the cross, to offer our lives to God as a living sacrifice. And if we truly believe in that, then we commit our life to Him and faithfully abide in His love And just surrender to Him knowing that He will provide for us according to His goodness. That's what faith means. To confide in God, to be loyal to Him and to offer our lives as a living sacrifice upon the cross. Just as He offered His life as a living sacrifice for us, for our salvation. And to Him is due all glory forever and ever. Amen.